0: And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Please be seated. For those of you who have been part of... Genesis House over the last couple years, you know that at special occasions such as Christmas and Easter We often invite guest speakers to come and bless us at this time And they often share their testimonies about God's work in their life And so we've been privileged to hear from people like Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of Jesus and even one of the shepherds last year who was present at the manger well this year we are really privileged because we now, today, have Mary's, or sorry, Mary's husband Joseph with us. So please welcome Joseph. <laughs>
1: Some camel milk, if you want
0: to share. Camel milk, I love it. Yeah, sure. It's not
1: goat milk. It's not goat milk. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Good
0: morning. Well, it's great to have Joseph here with us this morning. Um, Joseph, as you know, we invited you here because of the season we're in. In the Christian community, Christmas is a big time to us and it celebrates the the birth of Jesus as you well are aware. We figured since in fact you were chosen by God to be Jesus's earthly father and to be his legal guardian that you'd be willing to share a bit about the events leading up to the birth of Christ.
1: Yes, I would love to. It's a story that never gets too old for me to tell.
0: Well, if you don't mind, I wanna actually dig into Matthew's account surrounding this story because I think it gives us the greatest insight into God's work in your own life.
1: Sure, yep. Yeah. Matthew works good for me.
0: Well, one thing that became clear when I was uh, studying for this um, interview was that uh, the time leading up to the birth of Jesus for you was a real um, ro- um, emotional roller coaster. It wasn't easy for the things that you had to go through. And before we speak about the hard times, though, which we'll get into later, I do want to speak about the good times. Um, Matthew tells us that in in, uh, verse uh, 18, that it was a joyous time for you because you were betrothed to Mary. You were betrothed to Mary. Can you tell us what betrothals mean and what they look like in Jewish culture, as opposed to, say, what we experience in Canadian culture?
1: Yes, sure. I would be glad to. Probably the closest thing that you would have to a Jewish betrothal, within the Canadian context, would be that of an engagement however with a couple major differences first unlike your engagements betrothal in the Jewish culture were as binding as a modern marriage so much so that if a person wanted to terminate their betrothal it required a certificate of divorce which explains my actions in verse 19 where in my attempt to break my betrothal to Mary I sought to send her away which in the New Testament is just an interchangeable term for divorce. And secondly, a betrothal was very different from your modern engagement in terms of the consequences that were to be handed out if one were to be found unfaithful. In Jewish law, any act of unfaithfulness was to result in death by stoning. According to Deuteronomy 22 verses 23 to 24, here it states that if a man happens to meet in a town a Virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death So as you can see this is quite different outcome from your modern engagements
0: I'd say those are pretty huge differences And I am grateful that you shared and clarified those things with it, with us so that we can understand Just the seriousness of what you're facing in the situation with Mary knowing that that um, Knowing all of this in terms of the seriousness of it, it must have been an absolute shock to find out that Mary then was with child. So difficult to go from one of the most joyous stages in your life to one of the most uh, times of despair and confusion.
1: You have no idea. (laughs) It definitely was devastating uh, a moment in time for me. One of the hardest things to wrap my head around was her preposterous story to me that she was pregnant but not by another man, but by through God. Call me crazy, but if if this situation happened to you, would you believe it? I always believed in a miracle working God, but this one, as you would say, took the goat. (laughs) Which I'm thankful for. (laughs) Looking back on it now, I know I should have believed her. But at the time, it was was just a giant mess of confusion. And this is why I felt my only recourse was to get a
0: divorce. Well, hearing your story, I don't think anyone in here could fault you for not taking Mary at her word and also the course of action that you took. Everything seems quite logical to us. But there is something I want to highlight from Matthew's account of your treatment of Mary that we haven't spoken about yet. And It actually comes Joseph as a compliment to you because I know you're a humble man But it's complimentary because we can see in verse 19 this amazing compassion Compassion to Mary despite the fact you didn't believe her story It says there that you being her husband being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her plan to send her away secretly secretly Can you let us in while you you chose the private and not public route in seeking to end the betrothal? Sure.
1: But before I answer that question, some of you may be wondering how Matthew could state that I was a righteous man, yet chose the pathway of divorce as opposed to following through with the law and having Mary stoned. You have to remember who was in power in the land of Israel at the time. Rome was. Even though we were a Jewish nation with our own law, we were ultimately under the authority of Roman law. Well, you may remember that the right to capital punishment was reserved for Rome. Hence why Jesus had to be crucified as opposed to being stoned. So my decision wasn't due to a lack of reverence for the law, but as to whose authority we were under as a Jewish nation. So why I chose to handle the situation privately and not publicly, Matthew summarized very well, I just did not want to disgrace her. The reality was the whole situation was a mess already, and if I chose to go public with the trial and make a big ordeal out of it, it would have been brought even more shame upon an already shameful situation. I knew I had the legal right to pursue justice to the fullest, but I wanted to preserve what dignity Mary had left, knowing her reputation was already going to be in question. This is why I came to the conclusion to make our divorce as private as possible. And the truth was I loved her and I wanted to believe her, her story. I wanted to believe she wasn't telling me a lie as I knew she had never, never given me a reason ever to doubt her, godly character before. But like I said earlier, the whole story seemed too far-fetched for me.
0: Well now I understand why Matthew called you a righteous man. I mean the fact that you could have sought justice to the fullest measure and yet you chose a path of mercy and compassion is a true testament to the work that god has done in your life genesis house i think we can say we need more josephs in the world ones to hand out mercy over justice
1: i appreciate you saying that but looking back on it now there sure was a lot of fear surrounding the whole situation and following through with our marriage. If I took her as my wife, um, there was fear surrounding our future, fear of what people would think, fear of being slandered, our reputation, fear of raising a child that wasn't mine. There was just a lot to be afraid of.
0: Well, this is where your story gets exciting for me, and the emotional roller coaster you were on began to move on an upswing because something happened to alleviate that fear. Can you let us know what that was? Sure, but before you, we move on,
1: this is the second time you've mentioned this roller coaster, and I'm not sure what these are. <laughs> I've, I've got a picture in my mind, like ratty, riding a two hump camel downhill and back up again. Pretty close. Pretty close, yeah, pretty, okay, I yeah. got it. A little bit bouncy, <laughs> as we move on. <laughs> so my emotions <laughs> were like a, two hump camel going up and down a hill (laughs) I went from a valley to a mountaintop experience what relieved my fears gave me hope was a supernatural occurrence and Matthew describes this in verse 20 an angel of the Lord appeared to me in a dream and told me not to be afraid to take Mary home as my wife since that since what was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit and As you could imagine the dream the Lord gave me brought me a tremendous amount of relief a huge amount of relief knowing that Mary had been telling me the truth the whole time the dream confirmed that she was indeed the godly woman that I always believed her to be but most importantly it gave me confidence as Matthew recorded in verse 24 to take Mary as my wife and put the whole issue of divorce completely aside
0: well, wow, that's simply amazing, Joseph, because even though you received the dream or going, given the assurance, it didn't mean that life was going to be easy for you. I mean, yes, you had the confidence now that the, the angel had told you that she hadn't been lying, but you received the dream, but no one else in public did. It was you alone, but God never gave, you, gave uh, the people in your town or your village or the surrounding areas that dream. So you still had the public perceptions to deal with as you walked around with Mary on your arm. The slander, the ridicule, the questions as to her character, the questions as to your character. Yet you were still willing to obey the Lord, which again is a testament to your faith in him. There is one aspect though of your dream I do want to talk about before we move on to your story even further. And that was the name that the angel told you to name God's son in verse 21 it says that Mary would bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins can you elaborate on this title
1: sure at the time the angel told us what to name him I knew as a Jew what this meant in Hebrew the name Jesus meant Jehovah shall save or another way of saying it was God is salvation The problem for us Jews, though, was that we had a particular expectation of what God was to save us from. Even though the angel made it clear that God's plan of salvation through Jesus was to save us from sin, we thought he was coming to save us from Rome. And little did I realize that what was happening to Mary was not a covering up of a lie, nor an unrighteous act, but a fulfillment of prophecy found in verses Twenty-two and twenty-three. I'll read it again. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will be with child and the, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this prophecy was written seven hundred years before my son's birth, Jesus's birth, at a time when Ahaz was king over Judah. Northern Israel and Syria had formed alliance against him, and Ahaz was scared that the kingdom of Judah was going to be destroyed and lose their kingly line. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to Ahaz to let Ahaz know that this was not going to happen, and the royal line of King David would never be broken. Matthew understood in his writing that Jesus was, was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy to King Ahaz. But here's what's really important jesus was not just an ordinary king nor was he just another man his name was also emmanuel meaning god with us the creator of the universe and it was a claim for jesus's deity
0: the timing of this is amazing because literally i was in um, a store in okotoks this week and talking to uh, someone who's currently in the mormon church and uh, this individual turned to me and said, like, I, I'm still to, you know, trying to work out what's the difference between what you believe and we believe. And this is where I started, actually, Joseph. I actually said, well, the biggest difference between us is in who you believe Jesus to be. For you, Jesus is just a man. But for us, he's God incarnate. He's the creator of the world. And so, yes, this is an important message for us as Christians to understand who Christ really was. As we come to the end here, or close to the end, I do want to talk about one important detail from your story. It's a repeated theme in Matthew. Um, Matthew really wants us to know the importance of Mary's virginity. It's mentioned three times in this text. If you look at verse 18, it says, before they came together, Mary was found to be a child. In verse 23, It says, the virgin shall be with child. And in verse 25, Matthew wants to make it known that you kept her a virgin until she gave birth. So it's pretty clear to Matthew that this virgin birth is really important to the Christmas story and to Jesus himself. We've been going through Thessalonians as a church and we've we've learned in that letter that Paul wishes for sexual purity and sanctification amongst us as people. Now, what's important about that is you had the right to be with her after marriage. You had the right, and God's plan was for you to be with her intimately after marriage, but you still chose to withhold until Jesus was born. Can you tell us why this whole thing is so important?
1: That's a great question, I'd be happy to. To put it as simply and plainly as possible, without the virgin birth your faith in christ jesus would be useless and the christian faith pointless let me expand on this in order for jesus to save us from our sins he had to be both fully god fully man in order to fulfill god's plan of salvation for the human race remember the old testament in that it states in places like psalm 103 that only god can forgive our sin well if jesus's conception had come through the agency of two human parents then he would not have been divine as the angel stated but simply another human being and therefore have the inability to forgive sin however because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit his divinity was fully intact and at the same time it was critical that Jesus also became a man in Leviticus seventeen eleven, Moses wrote that the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The author of Hebrews echoed this in chapter nine, verse twenty two, when he said that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. So in this we learn the necessity of Jesus taken taking on human flesh. His blood had to be spilt in order for us to receive the forgiveness of our sins Jesus had to become human in order to take care of a human problem
0: well that's incredible for us to know that because um, sometimes I think we have a hard time articulating why the virgin birth is so important so even for myself Joseph that's really helpful one other thing I've learned in my own studies and I'm sure you can attest to this uh, after Jesus was born and You watched him grow up is that um, According to Hebrews chapter 2 and chapter 4 he became human so that we could go to him when we're tempted in every way So the scriptures make it clear that Jesus was tempted in everything that we would experience as human beings yet without sin Therefore we can go to him in times of temptation knowing that he's has did experience the very things that we're facing in this world so, I think it's important that Jesus, we understand, Jesus did not live in bubble wrap as he walked this earth. He wasn't protected with bubble wrap. He experienced the same hardships, faced the same temptations as we do. And so we can understand, uh, turn to him knowing that he understands our situation. Jesus just didn't take on human flesh to die for us, but to live for us. As we close this time together Joseph do you have any last words that you'd like to share with the church yes there are times in our lives that don't always make sense
1: and even test us in the ways that are completely unexpected I want to encourage everyone in this room to remain faithful to the Lord even in situations like those there will also be times when the Lord asks us to do something that will make us feel quite uncomfortable As we will want to know the future but it will remain unknown again I would like to encourage everyone in here to trust him regardless that is what faith is obeying the Lord despite always knowing the full outcome of the future and finally if you don't know who Jesus is now I urge you to come and know him and experience the wonder of his awesome love
0: Thank you, Joseph. You're a real star. And we look forward to maybe having you back one day. My son was a star. (laughs) Your son's a star. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your word and for the lessons in life we can learn from Joseph. How in a world that didn't make always total sense, Lord, where he had to face real fears and move from times of joy to times of confusion, it's just a a testament to our lives as well, where we go from emotional highs to emotional lows, Lord. But we learned that through thick and thin, Joseph was faithful to you and never lost his righteousness in it. And we at times can, in fear, uh, go against your way and, and disregard you just because the fear becomes so great. But Thank you for Joseph's life and how we can learn from him that we can trust you even in, in the thick and thin, and we can trust you even when the future is unknown. And that uh, knowing that you're a faithful God who will fulfill promises. So, Lord, we just thank you for his life. We thank you for the testament it was and how we can learn from him. Thank you, too, for for Christ at this time. And then we we cannot forget that he came as a savior. And when we think of our own lives and the things we've done to rebel against you, Lord, that you would still love us and lay your life down for us is an absolute miracle. And I know we've seen lots of miracles happen in Genesis House over the last couple of years, and, and I've heard it said a few times, though, and I would agree that the greatest miracles still are people who come to know you and see the transformation in people's lives from what we used to be like to what we are now, just because of your Holy Spirit, your word, prayer, the Christian community, and your goodness to us. So I pray, God, that we would all uh, walk away this day encouraged to serve you fully.